Good morning and welcome to our worship service on this All Saints Sunday, November 6th, 2022. This is the day that the Lord has made. Indeed, let us rejoice and be glad in another day of life, in the spirit and with one another. Blessings to you all. It is good to see you here in worship with us and to know that you are online with us. Today is a, uh, a special day, uh, being All Saints Sunday. We are honoring those who have passed on to life eternal over this last year. Um, I have a list of, of some names of people that I will be mentioning if they are not mentioned uh, by you in the, in the pews here. So the procedure will be that Pastor Christie will be moving among you with uh, a mic to uh, amplify your voice so that we all can hear who you are memorializing. Uh, you will do that, and if you want to give a sentence or two of explanation about the person, or if you don't want to, that's your... Uh, that's your call. And, and when that verbalizing is done, we will uh, present a flower in the vase here at the center of the uh, chancel in uh, memory of the person, and we will sound a chime. And then uh, Pastor Christie will go to another person, and we'll just do that until uh, we're exhausted. Whether we run out of flowers or not. <laughs> All right. So today is also Communion Sunday, so you want to make sure you online that you have some uh, uh, juice and some bread that we can have you use during our time of communion. If you are here in person, we are still using our uh, little combo uh, cups. Uh, you tear off the top level to get to the... Um, wafer and then you tear off the next level to get to the juice. If you don't have one, um, you want to uh, raise your hand and beckon or just help yourself and go to the back and get one. But I see Nancy Moravec is back there and she'd be glad to serve you if you need one. So if anybody is, if anyone needs one, raise your hand and, and she'll help you out. Okay. We come from different traditions of how to do communion, and we're in this uh, in-between space of, of coming back to gathering, and we're not yet doing intinction with, with a cup, and it may be a while before we do that because of our health anxieties, but we, we may be getting back to serving here at the altar. Um, but until we do, these cups are serving our purpose, and if you can remember, uh, wait till I'm done saying all the words that I say. And then I'll pick it up and, and uh, partake of the elements, and that's a good time for you to partake of the elements. If you get anxious, you can have it earlier. You can have it right as I start, and, and boom, boom, get, get through it, because you're not sure when the right time is. But um, know that I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna do it when I'm done talking, and, and you can do it with me when I'm done talking, and then we'll just all do it together. Okay. All right, we, we want to thank Abby Fenton for having the beautiful flowers uh, on the altar this morning. And you know, she's just doing it for the glory of God. So thanks be uh, Abby for, for doing that for us. These other flowers are thanks to our, our flower lady, Candy Wilcox, who has just done a great job of, of helping us look beautiful on occasion. So we thank you, Candy, 
for, uh, for getting those flowers for us. You know, she, she makes an effort every week to make sure that we have flowers going. And so it's not just a casual offer of help to the church. It's, it's appreciated and it's a bit of an effort. And we thank you, Candy, for that. We thank you for that. Today, um, as, as another way of honoring one of the saints that have passed on to life eternal over this year, um, we had a concert uh, over at some time during this year. I think it was during this year. Um, was it a year ago? For Marion Ward? Oh, come on. It was like three years ago? Really? Well, you can see these pandemic years have just kind of gone like that. In my life, they've all just been one experience of a year. Wow. Well, after worship today, um, around 11.20 or something, we're going to air the, uh, the video of that concert for anyone who wants to stay and enjoy it. We, we enjoyed it when we had it in real life, and now we're going to have it again if you want. So if you would like to stay and enjoy it, um, it was a beautiful, a beautiful concert. Um, maybe one, um, one or two couple last things. Um, the Western jurisdiction has been meeting these last few days. For some of you who are, are not hip to the Methodist way of doing things, um, we meet every... Theoretically, when there's not a pandemic and everything is copacetic, we meet every four years as a uh, general conference and then as a smaller jurisdictional conference. We're part of the Western jurisdiction. And because of the pandemic, those meetings have been um, kind of skewed to different times. And we've just had a jurisdictional conference this last week. And during that time, uh, it has taken care of its responsibility of choosing three new bishops for our area of the Western United States. And so I just want to bring you up to date that that has happened. Carlo A. Rapanut? Rapanut? Rapanut. Rapanu. Can you hear her? And I'm trying to mimic what she's saying. Rapanu. Uh, Filipino-American that's coming out of an appointment of service up in the Alaska Missionary Conference. He was elected as a bishop. Cedric Bridgeforth, who um, many of you might recall was a district superintendent for the North District, so you all um, had him as a district superintendent before um, I was assigned to you at this church, Cedric. He was elected as a bishop. And Dottie Escobedo Frank was elected as a bishop. And she comes out, I think, of Arizona. Arizona. Uh, she's been a district superintendent there as well as in charge of churches there, as well as a fairly renowned author. She's got like six books or something. I, I haven't read any of her books yet, but she's, she's published. Dottie will be our bishop. So that's probably be the last time I'll call her Dottie. Um, and I encourage you not to do the same, probably. Um, bishop Escobedo Frank um, will be our 
uh, Episcopal area bishop, and she will take responsibility at the beginning of January um, of next year. She is married to Dr. Jim Frank, though I couldn't find out what he's a doctor of. If he's a medical doctor or a professor, I, I couldn't discover that. All the focus was on her and, and not on her family. So we, we welcome uh, these three new bishops to our Episcopal family, and we will be uh, gaining more information about uh, Bishop Escobedo Frank as the months pass, and then sometime in January, I think it's the 23rd, sometime in January we will uh, gather, we'll have the opportunity to gather and welcome her personally and celebrate her appointment to us. All right. Shall we just take a breath? And I'll take a breath, and you all get ready, and let's uh, begin our worship experience. join with me in the call to worship and remain standing for the hymn and the invocation. Grace to you and peace from God, who is and was and is to come. Amen. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of kings on earth. Amen. And from the Holy Spirit, the sustainer and inspiration for the journey. Different gifts on one earth, but 
follow those good examples, that we may know the joy you have prepared for all who love you. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'm so happy to be back in person with you guys. I hear I was a ghost last week. I tried. <laughs> so you guys, today I have a couple of really cool things for you, okay? So last time I was here, we talked about the jack-o'-lantern and the pumpkin and how God gave the growth. And you're probably going, why is she bringing me another jack-o'-lantern? Did you think that? Are we gonna do another jack-o'-lantern? But I'm not. I have brought a pumpkin, and on the front, it says, give thanks. I don't know if that will help over there. Can you guys see? And this is my gratitude pumpkin. And every day for the month of November, not October, November, my family or I are going to write different things that we are thankful or grateful for to help us center our mind that we should give thanks to God in all things. Now, today is also a really special day because, as you heard earlier, it's All Saints Sunday. And it's this time of year that we honor the saints that have gone before us, those that have passed away from this earth and gone to heaven. And there are a lot of people that we are going to be thankful for, not just always, but especially today, and honor them. And so I had written some on here that have come out of my family and not this year, but have recently left my grandparents and my parents. I've had friends leave. And so I was able to give thanks for their lives and all that they mean to me, to my family, and to our friends and stuff. So after church, I have for, I don't know if I have enough because we're big today, this is cool. I have gratitude pumpkins out on the patio they are blank. They don't say give thanks or anything. You can write what you want on them. I have a little card that gives examples and what to do. And then on the back it says, what a wonderful way to slow down, to focus, and be intentional about counting our blessings. So my challenge to all of you, not just the kids, hopefully we have enough. If we don't, let me know. I'll bring you a gratitude pumpkin. <laughs> is that you can take a pumpkin per family, not per person, one per family. There is a Sharpie out there that you can write on. And if it doesn't work, tip it to the side. That's what I had to do on some of them. And a card that will give you instructions on what to do. Place it somewhere in your house that it's visible. Your kitchen table, your living room table, wherever you guys will see. And then when you have something you're thankful for, write it. And my hope is, you do not have to bring it back to me, but take a picture when it's all done and show me how much thanks that you gave during November. What do you guys think? Yeah. All right, let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for so many things. We give you thanks for the loved ones that have taught us and loved us and raised us to be faithful in our walk with you. I give you thanks for each of these kids and the kids that aren't here with us. 
And for those that are connected to us through Conejo Connect, each and every one of them are a bright light that are shining your way to our future. I give you thanks for the congregation and all the love and care that they give, not only the kids, but each other. So Lord, as we get ready to go to class, I just ask a blessing on each and every one here, online, and throughout our community. And we all ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, it's time for class. So let us, uh, let us center our spirits and be in prayer and enter into this time of, of naming uh, people. I'm going to ask Pastor Christy to uh, get her portable mic on and to move among you. And uh, if you have someone that you would like to uh, lift up, uh, please just raise your hand, beckon her so that uh, she will come over to you, and and we will uh, memorialize that person. So let's begin, and and perhaps I'll begin with with mentioning uh, Marion Ward. Sylvia Kravisky. Pat Berner. Barbara DiCarlo, a loving mother and um, wife. Maybe you need to move from that mic, Gloria. Is that it? I'm hearing. Are you hearing it all? Trey Courtney. Sunny Benjamin. But Sharon Kenny, just to remember. Melanie Bell. Kevin Barry and Chip Rittenhouse.
Shelley Howell, our sweet niece, and Teddy Marvellis, who introduced Dave and I. Mm. Ben Zant, Rosa Marquito, at 96 years young. My brother-in-law, Wayne Archie. Monica Bennett, a longtime friend of the Ames family. And Reverend Bob Schwartz, a retired United Methodist pastor who officiated at the, Wayne, uh, the Ames wedding. Merle Waltz, 96-year-old World War II veteran. My brother-in-law, Rick Nagasawa. Skip Voss, one of the longtime members here. Jerry and Dallas Howe, my parents. Paul Davison. Paul Davison. Melissa and Chase Hedio, Cindy Lampy's niece and nephew. Lyman Hayes. Esther McLean. Lorraine Perio. Anne Kennedy. Lynn Albertson. Dick Thomas. Bill Kahn. Let us pray. O God of both the living and the dead, we praise your holy name for all of your servants who have finished their course in faith, especially those whom we have named before you this morning. We pray that encouraged by their example and strengthened by their fellowship, we may be partakers with them 
of the inheritance of the saints in light through the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ. And today, Lord God, we mention in prayer uh, these other folk. Dave Crawford, as he comes to the week of his surgery for his tumor. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. Taylor Moon, the Crawford's granddaughter, hospitalized with three fractured vertebrae from an accident. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. Reverend Dick Dietrich, as he recovers from his kidney surgery, O oh Lord, hear our prayers. Jim Giuliano, as he recovers from a surgery and the severe health concerns that have developed as a result of that surgery. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Sue Lynn Harwig and the various health concerns that are uh, affecting her life. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray for Carol Ames, who uh, fell last night and has received five uh, stitches to a wound. We pray that she recovers fully and quickly. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray this all in the name of our Savior as we join in the prayer he taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.
our scripture reading today is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarded its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Our second reading today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 through 21. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. Well, you know, I was raised as a Protestant on Long Island, and frankly, I could have cared less about the saints of the church. In those days, although I didn't particularly experience it myself, but my sisters would tell me that they would cross to the other side of the street to to be on the opposite side of the street of the Catholic Church because there was a feeling about the Catholic Church that we Protestants had on Long Island. I guess there was still a bit of that anti-Catholicism pretty rampant in Protestant circles. Revering saints was part of that uh, intermediary kind of thinking between yourself and God, and we Protestants proudly scoffed at the Roman Catholic practice of that, knowing that we did not need that, and that that didn't really happen. And, And I think in a way, uh, we did ourselves some harm in that we cut ourselves off from uh, a resource that um, much of the Christian church finds valuable in the process of protecting, of protecting what is a key insight, I think, of Protestantism, that there is an immediacy between us and God that needs no intermediary other than Christ Jesus. But in pushing that and arguing that and trying to make sure that everybody agreed with us on that, we, we kind of got into a place of where we disregarded the examples and the paradigms set for us of people of faith who had done their life of faith so, so very well that a large part of the Christian church revered them for how well they lived their faith. They were all stars of the Christian movement. 
that might make better sense to us Protestants because we seem to revere all stars of celebrity world, of films, of literature, of music, of athletics. We seem to do that with very little hesitation. But we're a little worried about honoring the all-stars of the faith. So, today, I want to offer a remedy for us, and that is to do some quick highlighting, to maybe stimulate our interest in thinking about the saints of the church, or at least expose you to some of the... uh, rich examples uh, that are out there. For in truth, as, as Hebrew says to us, as Candace read to us this morning, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The, our faith and the movement of our faith did not come out of uh, thin air. Stories upon stories of faithful people who have gone before, who have loved God and neighbor, even at the peril of their own lives, at peril for themselves, because it was right and true to do. And they call us, they call us to a life of faith and discipleship that in one way or another mimics what God calls us to be. So, so, dear friends, may we have eyes and may we have ears to see and hear and may we have hearts that appreciate and souls that benefit from the lives and the stories of the saints. Jot this down if you want to do a little bit more work with me later. The lesser feasts and fasts. Now, that is a great Anglican book, I think, The Lesser Feasts and Fasts. I have its fourth edition. So what I'm saying is coming out of that, and it may have been corrected or amended. One, two, three, right? On March 18th, who do we celebrate? Cyril! the great Cyril, the bishop of Jerusalem. Did you know that? No. We do that. He lived 315. Now, this can't be right. 315 to 286. He didn't live before Christ. So I must have those numbers inverted. We lift him up. We the Roman Church and the Anglican Church and the Orthodox Church lifts them up, him up during Lent and Holy Week. He developed the catechism kind of instruction of what it meant to be a Christian in those early years for non-believers. 
Uh, we did not see this when we were in the Holy Land on our tour, but when, when I was there on my sabbatical, I was able to see Paternostra, which is a church which is built around a cave which is believed to be the cave in which Cyril did this instructing of early followers of Jesus. Now, remember, these are times when maybe this was a life-threatening endeavor. People who were coming to faith weren't just welcomed in as casually as we do nowadays. They met during the night to learn the Lord's Prayer, to learn what the sense of Trinity that was emerging meant, how that was a little bit different and, and a building upon the Judeo uh, faith that was inherited and how it was kind of at odds to Caesar. And what did that mean by how they related to their family and how they worked in the community and what they bought at the sacrificial places or the idols that were the economy in their community and all of that. And Cyril said, come on, we'll, we'll talk about this in the cave. Come and meet with me in the cave up the hill of Mount Olive. Well, did I make him interesting? <laughs> Read about Cyril, the bishop of Jerusalem. Now, on May 8th, we celebrate Julian of Norwich in the 1300s. Serious illness led to visions, 15 or some special visions of Christ's passion. Famous for having those visions, teaching about those visions, counseling people into a better life through those visions. On May 25th, Bede the Venerable. What a great name, huh? Bede the Venerable. 735, dedicated his whole life to the church. And if you are interested... You can still buy online through Amazon or at Barnes & Noble the Ecclesiastical History of England. And you can read Bede's perspective on the new church that was happening in England, the spreading of the faith in England. It gives you kind of a sense of uh, the lives that are unknown to us, that went before us, that created the church in that uh, area of Europe that is where most uh, of, of us are from, spiritually, ethnically. Justin Martyr is celebrated on June 1st. Now, he was a great Greco-Roman pagan, and he did that well, and then ended up becoming a church leader. He was converted to this renegade faith. This is happening in somewhere in the early second century, so he's like the maybe third-generation Christian from Jesus. He was a great writer, and then he started writing 
on behalf of the faith. Perhaps the spreading of Christianity in the Greco-Roman world had a lot to do with Justin Martyr. Do you remember Bartholomew as, as one of the saints of the church? We celebrate him on the 24th. Um, it's believed that he took the gospel to India, although I know some, uh, some folk from India feel that Thomas is the main guy that did that, but also Bartholomew was given some credit from that. Now, I don't know. Brace yourself. He was rewarded for that effort by being flayed alive. I got a, a, a new kitchen tool for Debbie that I was washing and it just zoomed right into my finger and it cut right through my nail and that hurt so much. This guy, for his faith, flayed is like beaten with whips that rip your skin. Flayed alive. Yeah. That's Bartholomew. I would remember that. I would think about that sometimes when you think you're having a hard time in your profession or with your faith. Think about Bartholomew. On September 30th, we celebrate Jerome, sweet Jerome, a priest and a monk. This is in the, in the 400s. He was an Italian. He got the spirit. He felt like uh, maybe... We were too comfortable in our faith, you know, in, in uh, Constantine Greco-Roman world, you know, so he wanted to be a hermit in the mountains, the deserts of Syria. He went and did that for a while and then realized he was called by God to translate the Bible into Latin. So the Vulgate, the first Latin version of the Bible that we all hang on to, that Vulgate is Jerome, and we thank him for it. He did that in the caves underneath the church, next to the church of the Nativity. So when you visit uh, the Holy Land and you go to the church of the Nativity, having a lot of fun, when you're in that nave, look over there. You're looking at the altar of the church of the Nativity. Look over there, there's a little doorway. Sneak through that doorway, go into the next-door neighbor church, and immediately there's stairs going down, and, and sneak down those stairs, and you'll get into the cave area where Jerome translated the Bible into Latin. Kind of cool. Now, another resource that, that may be fun is called All Saints. Daily reflection on saints, prophets, and witnesses for our time. So this is a, a daily meditative book that lifts up a saint per day. Some of the saints are brought up on the day that honors them in the, in the church, and some are mentioned because they're just really strong people that we might want to think about honoring and emulating, but haven't been given sainthood yet. St. Agnes, though, is in that book. She lived around 304. She was born of a rich Roman family. And she would then grow up and denounce 
that pagan kind of life and affirm the Christian life. Lots of people were upset with her because she was one of the debutantes of the community and she was acting like one of those Christians rather than what we appreciated in our community. And so they tried and tried and tried to get her to change her mind. Surely she must be mistaken. Something's wrong with her. What's your problem? Denounce this Jesus character. And she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. She just wouldn't do it. And so they packed her up and they sent her to a brothel to be um, a worker, a sex worker. But nobody wanted to be her customer because they were just scared of her holiness and what might happen to them if they defiled her. So she was not popular at the brothel, which got her antagonists even more angry at her, so they cut off her head. Cut off her head. Hmm. St. Agnes. Now, Mother Teresa is in there on September 10th, and Stephen Biko is in there on September 12th. The first book had nothing about my birthday in it. And then the second book mentioned E.F. Schumacher, a 20th century economist on my birthday. I don't know him, but he's... Um, famous for some reason, and revered in church circles. So I did a little more investigating. I wanted to discover, is, was there a saint with my name? You know, my namesake, that, that I could kind of claim I was following or named after or something like that, just for fun. I don't know if, if Betty Steeman is going to claim St. Agnes or... Agnes Daugherty is going to celebrate uh, a beheaded uh, poor brothel worker. Um, but I was, on the, I was on the lookout to see about St. Walter. And there is one, St. Walter of Pontois. In the 11th century, he was a professor of philosophy and rhetoric, so that's kind of sounding interesting. He was a Benedictine monk, which, you know, I think maybe he's kind of cool. And if you're hip to him, you pray to him if you're a prisoner of war, if you're a winemaker, if you're a vinter, or you pray to him because of job related stress, which might go with the, the winemaker business, right? Or if you're a prisoner of war because of your job. Anyway, I thought that was kind of fun. Saints actually help us uh, have a target to aim at in our life or faith. That's how I kind of see it. They provide us a model they provide us a, a paradigm, maybe, of what 
we are attempting to become through our lives of discipleship. You know, of course, none of us are, are purposefully seeking to be martyrs or to, or to suffer significant trials over our lifetime because of our faith. That's not our intention, right? That's not our goal. We feel the all-sufficient sacrifice of Christ is enough for our salvation. We don't have to put ourselves on a cross also to be saved. Yet, honestly, all of us are seeking to be as faithful as we can or we should be, seeking to be as faithful as we can in our lives under whatever circumstances our lives present us. They may be circumstances of poverty, of war, of oppression. They may be circumstances of plenty, of power, circumstances of influence, circumstances of being marginalized. Whatever our circumstances are, we're asked by Christ Jesus to be as faithful as we possibly can. We're seeking to learn God's way and God's will and to live in such a fashion that we follow God's way and God's will, not just kind of comprehend it in our head, but we actually do it and say it. We have claimed Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and friends, that has a consequence in our lives. Uh, our sense of rebirth, hopefully, our sense of shedding, uh, shame and guilt, but also our sense of responsibility to walk in the footsteps of this Jesus of Nazareth. Our privilege to do that and our responsibility to do that. This stance of faith and decision to follow, it may or it may not be costly, right? It depends on the circumstances. We all, we all honor Diedrich Bonhoeffer because of his embrace of a costly face, faith during Nazi Germany. Now, it, it used to be that being a Christian in America wasn't very dangerous, like like it is to be a Christian in Iraq or in Syria or in China, which was pretty tough going, right? Yet now with what I'm learning is being called Christian nationalism, being a follower of Christ has become a little bit more, a little bit more difficult, at least the kind of followers of Christ that, that we are, that see in Christ God's love and God's justice. You need to recall as you make your sense of whatever that term means in our lives as we're living through it, you need to recall that the term Christian nationalism is what the German church embraced as it supported Hitler's rise to power in Nazi Germany. So I'm, I'm immediately cautious about that term and want to figure out what that's actually seeking and heralding to us as a community of faith. Even if it's 
costly or if it's not costly in our lives, our faith and our discipleship should become significant to the way we live our days, the way we interact with one another, the way we conduct ourselves in our community at Costco, at the school board meeting. as we're collecting canned goods for mana. Claiming Jesus as our Lord and Savior and seeking to be a disciple of Christ is an act of choosing to walk this way rather than this way. Choosing to do these things. You fill in the blank. What would Jesus have you do? And not do these things. What would Jesus have you not do? What would Jesus have you say? What would Jesus have you not say? The saints help to illumine that path for us with their witness. The Spirit helps you and I illumine our pathway forward as we try to make sense of that. Now, growing up on Long Island, New York, was a marvelous thing, uh, regardless of what I said at the start of the service. It was, it was a great place to grow up, and I, I loved my youth there. I had a bunch of cousins who were uh, about my age, and, and we, I don't know whether the community felt we were a gang or what, but we were a bunch of rambunctious kids. And those were in the days where you didn't just play in your lawn at your house. We were all over the community with our bikes and doing this and doing that kind of stuff. We were active. Let me just say, we were active. Now, on occasion, one of our parents, uh, that aunt or uncle or my mom or dad, one of our parents would have to corral us all and sit us down and remind us about how Dilges behaved. And it wasn't, it wasn't that she wanted to make us overly self-conscious, but rather she wanted to make us recognize that our behavior as kids reflected upon the family. And we had a responsibility that went along with, well, with the privileges of being Dilges in this community in Long Island. Now, our, our second scripture puts a little finer point on, on this funny thing I'm kind of lifting up for you. As a consequence of our faith, taking on the name of Christ as our identity, we become, Scripture tells us, representatives, ambassadors of Christ. What we say or do reflects upon our family, reflects upon our name as Christian reflects upon the one that we follow.
Indeed, our, our scripture says that God is making God's appeal to other folk through us. Our words, our behavior is God's appeal to other people. And so we, we kind of need to ask ourselves, what, what kind of appeal are we allowing God to make through us? What kind of light are we reflecting? Now, we may not live into the witness of the saints that, that I've mentioned or that are in these books, you know. Yet before us is our lives, our times, our circumstances, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, right? Not somebody else's race. Not the race that was happening in the 4th or the 12th or the 17th century, but the race that is before us, the circumstances in which we find ourselves. We are called to faithfulness at such a time as this. Let's respond and be the saints that we can be with the help of God. Amen. are invited to share of your financial resources via the instructions that will appear momentarily on the screen to help support the ministries of Christ that happen through our congregation. Your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good we do. So give generously and be part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of UMCWV. And the ushers will be coming forth shortly. Thank you.
Amen. Be seated, please. Thank you for staying with me. This service is a little longer than usual, but look at the clock. It, it's still only five of the hour. I can't really blame it on the clock, can I? At home, I hope you have elements uh, ready. Let us center ourselves for a brief prayer of consecration. Holy God, it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give you thanks. You formed us in your image. You breathed into us the breath of life. We are thankful for you and for the sharing of your son among us, teaching us the way of life by being the light of the world. And as he gathered with his disciples, he gathers also through the power of the Spirit with us this day. And he invites us to take the bread. And he says to us, as he said to his first group of disciples, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup, and again, he said to his disciples, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so we would pray, Lord God, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice and upon our offering. Make these gifts of bread and juice be the body and the blood of Christ for us that we might be the body of Christ to this world. May we be redeemed through his Spirit to bring forward your love, your redeeming love to our world. By your spirit, make us one with Christ and one with one another in ministry to the whole world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. We pray this all in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dream. 
eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and sing. It's number 708 if you want to grab a hymnal or it will be up on the screen. Verses 1, 3, and 4. this service has been a blessing to you. You are part of a cloud of witnesses, people who have loved God and neighbor by letting love lead in their lives. They have made wonderful differences in families, communities, in the world, and so are you by following the lead of your Lord in the Spirit. Let me remind you of some opportunities. Marion Ward's uh, video concert right after worship. Um, the men's retreat is coming up the 19th of November. Uh, get in touch with John about that. And on the 20th, we're having pie and soup and, and some good fun. Um, so be, maybe be in touch with Candace about that. And your pledge cards, if you have not submitted them, please do. We count on your generosity to keep us going. Join with me in our responsive benediction. Go in peace to serve God and your neighbor in all that you do. We are sent in Christ's name. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. Amen. Amen.